0: And gentlemen and welcome to another to Shelter confusion thursday night hangout
1: do you know why this is a great thursday sir
0: because it's yet another one where we get to talk and hang out and do cool things
1: good reason is any i will swing with it
0: good 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 ladies and gentlemen of course of course i'm your host charlie and i'm joined once again by the prolific counter himself zealos might Ladies and gentlemen, this of course, is a Thursday Night Hangout. It's a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. If you at any point have any topics, thoughts, concerns, uh, subjects that you would like to introduce to the show, all you got to do is drop it in the chat and we'll try our best to cover it. If we do, unfortunately, run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. Indeed. All right. So first bit of news is the new Zelda came out and my wallet is $69.99 lighter.
1: What? How did that happen?
0: Well, see, there is the story of a boy named Charlie who's played a lot of Zelda games, and he promised himself he wasn't going to buy the Zelda game until he beat some other games, but then he was like, that's absolute crap, and he went ahead and bought the Zelda game.
1: That's fully acceptable, and I approve of well, the Zelda game, and what does Charlie think so far?
0: So, um, as many of you know, I'm playing the uh, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor game, and I I have to fully admit I cannot play that game and Zelda at the same time because the the controller scheme is so mm. different.
1: Ah, yes, that makes sense. You go from like one game to the other, and your brain's just like does not compute
0: oh dude the biggest thing is that for zelda Mm -hmm. x is jump Mm. whereas x on um in uh star wars jedi is swing sword can you rebind your keys i don't think so i think you could do it in star wars but not zelda but i could be wrong if
1: you rebinded all the star wars to be like zelda
0: no, I'm, I'm okay because Star Wars, I've gotten far enough in the game where I've gotten used to, I, I can hit the button combos without thinking too much. I don't want to have to relearn all that stuff.
1: Now just wait till you go back to Star Wars someday. And then you're going to start playing like you're playing in Zelda.
0: Oh no, I stopped playing Zelda <clears throat> and I went back to Star Wars because <laughs> I know I'm getting into the, the third act in Star Wars. Um, so I'm going to try to sprint through that. So then I can put my full uninvited, undivided attention to Zelda. Now, that being said, I did put quite a few hours into Zelda before I made that, uh, decision.
1: That makes sense. I totally get that.
0: But, you know, um, but speaking of Zelda, uh, I know this is going to come as a huge shock to everyone, but... Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has officially become the fastest selling game in the Zelda franchise. Well, no shit, Sherlock. If you're doing something right, every single release should be the fastest selling game in the series.
1: Well, A, it had the hype because yep. everyone's already saying it was the bees knees. Yep. And B, if you look at probably the number of consoles in the hands of children everywhere... It's already greater than what they first sold it had. So, therefore, you just have a greater audience to dig into the awesomeness.
0: Indeed. Um, I don't remember when this, I don't know when this number was taken, but um, uh, it, it released on Friday. And at the part in the point where I pulled the story, um, it was already at 10 million um, units sold. So, I'm sure it's higher than that. And it's 4 million in the US alone
1: i mean it's amazing what happens when you put out a game that's well put together um it's not based on fomo fear of missing out it's not based on microtransactions it actually has a complete game that's not just bug ridden where you can't do like 80 percent of the things oh and it's actually a good game i mean it's amazing how you put those things together it's not really rocket science. I know an MBA will make you think it is rocket science.
0: I think it's a PhD will make you think it's rocket science.
1: I don't know, man. Those rockets cost money, too. The NBA's got to make money
0: somehow. Touche, touche. So, anyways, um, uh, so far in my little bit of a, a dip into the game, I have to say that it is pretty damn good. The only issue there's only two things that have had a problem with in this game. One, the oh, actually three things. One, three. the 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 uh, the controller layout because it's yeah. so different than any of the other games I've played. Two, uh, and this is of course just my pet peeve is the very very fragile fragile existence of basically every weapon you use in the game. It's like you That's swing it three times and it cracks in half. Yep. Oh. Um and the last thing is, I don't know what it is, but I, for the life of me, cannot gauge how far I I I'm going to jump. I have huh. I have short jumped like 70% of the time. And so at the beginning, I'm I'm not gonna give you any spoilers, with the exception of in the beginning when you're really starting to adventure you are going to be way the hell up in the air. And so if you miss the jumps, you Uh. plummet to your death and have to do it again.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's kind of funny.
0: But um, other than that, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, you're, you're running all over the place. Uh, Zelda's in trouble again. And yeah. The beginning of that fucking game sucks ass. That's uh, from Clark. And, and to be honest with you, it, it is painful. It is quite painful. Um, That's kind of funny. But yeah, Breath of the Wild had a perfect intro. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty solid intro too. I don't it, I mean, it's unfortunately, I, don't I think, know. go, go Zealies.
1: See, I made it past the intro of Breath of the Wild, and then I got bored of the
0: game. Well, because you don't like open-world games. Yeah.
1: It just doesn't...
0: There's you know too know much really for hate... Zelius to do.
1: I just don't like... I... The Zelda games just don't do it for me. It just doesn't scratch that itch. Just something about the combat just doesn't feel good? I don't know.
0: It's not hacky slashy enough for you?
1: I don't know. It's just I can't put my finger on what it is. It doesn't... Ride me to come back and play over and over
0: well you can't just you can't just blindly hack and slash your way through it that's for sure one because I mean, some like to play
1: blind. it's like an extra challenge mode we put a blindfold on and see how it goes sure some games it actually could work yeah sure i mean if you have most, it on uh, like
0: the, the easiest difficulty
1: diablo could work
0: that's true anyways uh so yeah um fastest selling game in the franchise and I will be returning to play that game once I beat uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor which had yet another crazy turn which I should have seen coming but I didn't Charlie eating up the AAA mayhem this is now a podcast about the Witcher 3 are we talking Witcher the Witcher season 3 or are we talking about Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt? Oh, or dear. the re-release of The Wild Hunt with the, the different graphics engine? I mean, there's a lot of different things.
1: There's so many threes when it comes to The Witcher.
0: Indeed. Um. But yeah. So, yes, I've been playing Zelda. I will return to Zelda in the near future. Nice. Uh, speaking of I guess things that I continue to return to. (laughs) No, just the Geralt naked scenes. Oh, can we just? Thinking which
1: of threes you could have: Geralt, Yennefer, and Triss. There's a three.
0: Indeed, can we just talk about Geralt's grunts and how they mean so many things? The
1: grunts and the fox. They, yep. they just have such meaning depending on how they're pronunciated, how they come out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like entirely different language that Agreed. I wish I could
0: speak. Agreed. Agreed. Maybe I
1: should try that like our next work meeting. I'm just going to be like, yeah, girl, we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh,
1: uh, uh, uh. I've got a big sword too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you going to be sitting in a um, in a big ass uh, rain barrel?
1: I'll do it from my um close Closest go. I
0: got. There yeah. you go. Okay. Um, speaking of uh types of games that Charlie keeps going back to, um, you know we we had talked about the fact that there was an announcement for a episodic telltale uh, game for the Expanse, mm-hmm. um, and they have finally they are finally going to give us a release date. Uh, There will be five episodes uh, in total, and the first episode will go live July 27th, and more episodes will follow in the weeks after. So basically, from my understanding, each episode will follow two weeks after each other, which puts the target end date in September. Have you seen The Expanse? Remember, we had this we had this conversation where I, the Expanse and uh, what's it, Dark Space, uh, dark matter, dark matter got it's like bobbled in my brain, so I can't remember. Yeah, I, yeah. I've seen I some that. of it. It's each.
1: like me and all the Netflix animates with dragons and sorcerers so that are all yeah. the same to me. Uh, that's fair. I'd be curious to see how it goes because it is, the Expanse is a great TV series, and there are a lot of choices to be made based on what you want to do. Like I could see the choices coming to life and finding things in the space. Uh, that sounds very intriguing because it's it has a great story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I like, okay, so here's the thing. And this is for anybody out there who ever wants to make an epis- episodic game. This is how you do it. You at least, okay, so they, they have a a cap, five episodes. Good starting point. They also have; they actually have all of. They'll have them all ready for release every two weeks because episodic content is not all that long. You can't Do they just say like
1: how many hours it's going to be
0: all combined. I don't know, but my guess would probably be my money's probably two hours per episode. So probably a ten-hour game would be mm. my guess. I'm trying to remember how long um, previous episodic games have been that I've played.
1: It sounds about right per an episode,
0: yeah, but um uh, what was it? oh god there was a game i i I reviewed a long time ago it uh the first first episode was free um and then the next one was like four ninety nine which seems fine, however, in the free thing, the entire episode uh lasted fifty minutes okay and you're five ninety nine uh, second entry was 48 minutes so you're paying for less content
1: or you could look at you paid five dollars for a total of an hour and 50 minutes of content
0: uh, uh, no that's not how I see it damn it you
1: just got broaden your financial horizons apparently
0: sure we'll we'll say that
1: so what I'm hearing is if the free episode was 10 minutes long and then the paid $599 episode was then an hour and a half long, you would have been better financially satiated.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is, like in my mind, I understand that you the the free thing should be like a sampler, you know, like an appetizer. It's not gonna be the full course. It's gonna be something to wet your whistle to. But then when you when you pay. For the next round, it should be at least double the content, in my opinion. So if it's like a thirty-minute thing, then make it uh, the the first one that you have to pay for an hour. In my uh, that, that's just how I see it.
1: The mind's a funny thing.
0: Indeed, it is. Now, of course, uh, speaking of you know the the mind and the way that games are and whatever, this is a friendly reminder that MomoCon happens at the end of this month, and that Alter Confusion will be presenting a panel "Video Games Changing for the Good?" question mark Thursday night. That Thursday night at seven thirty. I do not know the room, but we'll be talking about the changes in video game distribution, episodic content, all that fun stuff. So if you're at MomoCon, come by. Nice. Um <clears throat> the next bit of news is tragic for Zelius, and I'm I'm going to try to to keep him from crying, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's been too late. I've already been crying.
0: Okay, so Overwatch 2 PVE features are being scrapped left and right. <laughs> um <clears throat> now we remember that uh before Overwatch 2 was um was set to release, they were, you know, they were basically saying, you know, there's gonna be a lot of PVE in there, right? Uh, Now, it's less PVE and more co-op-ish, which can, you know, still have some PVE stuff, but um, the game director uh, has basically come out, said several major features, including hero mode and talents, will not make it into the game. Uh, The decision to cut these progression Aspects from the upcoming PVE was largely made in order for the team to continue effectively developing the game's live service aspect. Um, And of course he he goes on and says, uh, you can still look forward to a wealth of co-op PVE story missions, cinematics, and single player hero mastery challenges, which will be, will drop in season six, but uh, it's not going to be, Anywhere close to the scope that they first promised.
1: This, it just pisses me off. Because this all started, what, about 2016 or 17-ish? Yeah. When Jeff Kaplan had dropped the news And the whole idea, which made perfect sense to all of us Overwatchers, um, because, you know, I spent a lot of hours in Overwatch. Absolutely. Was... already had a great core pvp game and it was a fantastic pvp game i mean it was like top of the game pyramid at the time and then you add on basically pve and everyone's like dude that's cool you got your pvp you got pve everyone's happy life goes on right and then as we know overwatch fell into a couple year hiatus of basically releasing content and we're all kind of like rating, like okay we're on hold we're cool because we know when overwatch 2 drops it's because it's going to have this fantastic pve element and the pve still going to be fantastic instead what we basically got is a bullshit bait and switch where blizzard and all their infinite wisdom basically made it into a the definition of the fomo fear of missing out and microtransaction right Transaction Hell with the uh, loot box, not loot boxes, but game the pass. Um, thank you, Game
0: Pass or Battle Pass. Sorry, sorry, battle pass, yeah,
1: battle pass, and it's kind of you know, there's a meaning that flies around sometimes in the gaming forums, but it's so true with Overwatch, where it's the idea of you figure out first how can we make a lot of money on this game, how can we milk people for every cent that they're worth? Oh, and then I guess we'll put a game on top of the microtransactions. And that's exactly what happened with Overwatch too, and that's why, like people like myself who are hardcore to Overwatch One, are so pissed off about it. It's because Eternal was a fantastic game that we were all very happy to pay thirty to sixty dollars for for the full price and have this great game, and then basically turned it into this hellish landscape. That is what has happened to a lot of games. I mean, it's not just Overwatch. I realize that, but it's. It's really the cell phone model. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um. And that's what sucks so much about it is you really turned a great, what could have been like the pinnacle of online PVP and PVE games smashed into one because the other games like, you know, the call of duties and even like the fortnights and that stuff, that's Valorant. Some of them have a single player element, but like, what they originally talked about, Overwatch 2, was really going to give it, like, I would almost think of, like, a Diablo, right? Mm-hmm. Or StarCraft. Mm-hmm. Where you could have that awesome PvE element, and then you still obviously have PvP. And, like, we were excited about that. Um, and I don't like you, but that's the other thing I hate about it is, like, another fun player versus element game in terms of FPS, would have been great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you basically right now have like Destiny 2, um, you have the Division, and then you have what's the other one that keeps on getting expansions? You've played it on the Switch. I can't think what it's called right now. Oh, Um, uh, uh,
0: Warframe.
1: Warframe. But like always more of the kind of FPS games like that. That's what we want. And that's what's so frustrating. Is it it was ripe for being awesome. It really was. Instead, it turned into basically being counter hell of transa- microtransactions in the battle pass.
0: Actually, it just sucks. You know, the, when I heard that over when I first heard Overwatch two was going to have PVE, it kind of made me think of uh, a game which, unfortunately, has now has long gone. Bye bye. Uh, there's a game called uh, what was it called? Firefall. Huh. Oh wow. Yeah.
1: I remember playing that years ago with you, I think.
0: Yeah, dude, cuz I mean like, you know, the 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 your rigs, your gear kind of remind me of like a lot of the Overwatch characters and and yeah. that that type of PvE feel to it kind of I would think would have, you know, looked solid, you know, with Overwatch aesthetics. But I guess uh, we'll never see it.
1: Well, and for people like me, it also, I know I'm not alone in this. It gives us a much bigger red flag when it comes to Diablo 4. Yep. And, I mean, it's somebody who bought Diablo 3 in day one. I was very interested in Diablo 4, but now I'm definitely holding off to be like, you know, where is it going to go? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's, obviously, it's the Activision model of milk and for what it's, rinsed it dry. So it's sad. Um, but it also further reinforces I have no plans of going back to Overwatch anytime soon. Um, they basically kind of killed myself and many people's goodwill towards the game.
0: Well, also remember they they've seen uh, a popular uh, population crash. like the the number of concurrent users has st- uh, steadily been plummeting. You I
1: mean you take a fantastic game that was adored by the audience. And basically, make it into a battle pass, microtransaction ridden hell, and you really don't actually improve the gameplay much. Bingo! Who would have thought? Mm. And I think that that like frustrates most people. It's like, what the hell did you spend like basically three years doing? Because it was like what a three. I mean, it was a pretty lengthy drought. There really nothing.
0: You want you want <laughs> honestly to know what they've been doing all this time? Paying I people I got to be quiet. Pass. What? Paying people to be quiet.
1: Well. No. Oh, they God, were having to hey, deal with yeah. all those
0: fucking lawsuits.
1: True that, true that.
0: Yeah. The dark underbelly of the gaming well, Activision, really. But um Okay, anyways, let let's get a little less depressed. Actually, let's let's get potentially depressed, but also giggle at the same time. How about that? Um, I'm very confused okay well I'm gonna to try to alter that confusion and make you understand okay so um, as many as we've discussed many a times there the emergence of AI is here and Skynet is but a moment away and uh, there's this wonderful thing called ChatGPT, which is an AI writing program and um, it <laughs> I'm not going to give the exact university, but there was a professor at a university in Texas Mm -hmm. who took all of the students' final essays and put it through chat GPT to check for AI plagiarism. And um, trying to be that cool kid the professor didn't really understand what the hell he was doing. And unfortunately almost every single essay that he fed into chat, chat GPT came back as chat, chat GPT wrote the essay, which in, hey, when all in those fact cheated, that's terrible. When in fact that was not the case for any of them. What? So fun fact, um, chat GPT, can't discern the difference between artificial and original thought. Therefore it automatically could claim that it pinned every single one of those essays.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I saw a follow-up to that where another professor
0: mm-hmm. took
1: papers like he had written, yep. like papers, articles, feathered them to chat GPT. And guess what?
0: He didn't write those. It was chat GPT.
1: Correct, but it is Skynet, right? It's Chat GPT is actually going back through time, and on our behalf, writing all these documents, or maybe this whole time, we've what? actually been technologically driven by Chat BP in the background, and now we're just coming to acknowledge the existence. But it's really, been, it's that alien technology that's really been, you know, directing mankind since we first discovered fire.
0: Actually, no, it's all the Matrix. Chat G- GPT is actually part of the programming and it is indeed been writing all of our essays. We do not have any original thoughts. All of our thoughts have been pre programmed into our brains. Yes. That's how crazy this world is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do know it is an interesting challenge for teachers to differentiate between what is a student written. And if it is a chat GPT paper, because it is trivial, of, you know, you're writing, given a paper to write about how much Blizzard and Activision sucks yep. for your, you know, computer science class and why you should not actually go work for them out of college. And chat GPT will happily write you a paper on that. And yep. you can dictate, like, I want to be a sixth grade level, I want to be a 12th grade level. So you can give it all kinds of parameters and it takes those into account. And does a pretty damn good job, actually. Um, I mean, you should proofread it because it will actually say at times, like, I, GPT think this. Yeah. So that might be a giveaway at times. Um, but, I, you know, it's tough because I get it on one hand. Like, you know, the teachers have to battle against this. But on the other hand, just feeding into a algorithm isn't the solution either. Um, because your students can use... AI to write papers now, mm-hmm. and how do you tell? Right, right.
0: So I just find you know it's it's always fun to. I'm I'm sure this this professor is a very smart individual, but sometimes it's really easy to show your age. That's all I have to say. Oh, uh, once again, um, speaking of AI created content for those out there who continue to try to start Kickstarters with AI, uh, generated, uh, art, remember Kickstarter no longer allows you to do that. So don't get all up in your britches when they're like, but why did you suspend it? It's beautiful art that I was able to, to, to create thanks to a special program. Yeah, no.
1: I do think if people are honest that it's AI created, I actually don't have an issue with it. I mean, it's no different than an artist to me saying, I create this using Photoshop and I use smoothing textures and other things. And if an artist says, I used artificial intelligence to create this, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it's different if they say I drew it by hand. It I think I think AI. a lot of people
0: are trying to, to just pawn it off as original content, which it's not. Yeah, if
1: they pawn it off as I created myself with no AI input, that's one thing. But if they're straightforward and they, you know, this is how they created it, I don't see an issue with that if mm-hmm. there's transparency.
0: Yeah, well. Anywho. Yeah. Okay, um, Let's see here. What we got? All right. We're going to pause for just a second to do uh, thank yous to the friends of the show. These are the amazing individuals who help Alter Confusion be the Alter Confusion that you have grown to love and cherish. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's... Thanks some of these amazing individuals. The first one we have to thank is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships with local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For information, go to IndieCluster.com and also come by their booth at Momocon and check out some of the amazing games that they'll have on display there. Nice. The next shout-out we got to give to is... Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 media is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash Noodle Boy Media. The next shout-out we gotta give is to someone who I actually need to make a phone call with because I need my... My, uh, back adjustment, that, of course, is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic, you knew th- unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, great accession, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves, waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to Hero Chiropractic. The next shout-out we got to give is to the maestro himself, the individual who helped us out of a weird bind when all of a sudden all of our music became copyrighted, even though it was never copyrighted. And that, of course, is Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. Now, of course, the last shout-out we got to give is to the original patron himself, and that would be Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. Now, I know that everybody is clamoring to know, how do I become a friend of the show? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to inform you that Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, werewolves, vampires invisible people, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have two different tiers. we got the $1 tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year tier. And what that gets you is early access to all of our playthroughs as well as being able to participate in patron-only posts, and polls to help shape the future of Ultra Confusion. If you're feeling a little bit frisky, you can also go to uh, the $5 tier. That's $5 a month, then $60 a year. And not only does that give you everything at the $1 tier, but it also gives you your name or organization in, the, in our uh, Friends of the Show section of every single Thursday night hangout. So if you want to become a patron, all you got to do is go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Altered Confusion. And I will talk to Clark about his patron stuff in a little bit. Uh, uh, Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to, this is always super duper important to us at Altered Confusion. Ladies and gentlemen, Altered Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 12 years straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best game, to help sick and injured children at their cho- Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will, be directly, will go directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion today. And yes, praise clock. There you go. All right. Now, back into the news. All right, let's do... uh, Let's do two TV show news. How about that? Sure! All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am sad to announce that after... 14 seasons. FX's Archer is finally going to end. They,
1: Uh, I have no feelings about this. I, I have not seen a single episode. It is so over the
0: top, stupid, silly. It's, it's basically like, in my opinion, it's kind of James Bond. If James Bond was like, and, uh, well, let's see here. James Bond is egotistical. Mm -hmm. Um, and the amount of liquor that James Bond drinks, he's probably a drunk. But in this one, uh, Sterling Archer, who's the main character, is an egotistical drunk um, with a weird a narcissist? mommy complex going on there. A
1: megalomaniac as well. who oh, also yeah. is a womanizer.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm like, oh, that is James Bond. Hmm, weird. Yeah. Anyways, I guess like what James Bond would be in real life. How about that?
1: I thought James Bond was real
0: sure. To I thought
1: it was based on every ep- Bond movie I've seen says based on a true story.
0: No, I think it's based on a story. <laughs> Big difference. Uh, That's just my imagination running yes. wild. I, I think yeah. I think somewhere in your brain you go, you know what? I'm just going to add true to every time I see based on a story. Based on a I mean, true it's kinda story. Like,
1: it's kind of like 24. It's based on a true story.
0: Yeah. Like
1: every every day we have, you know, CIA agents running around stopping, you know, terrorist bombings.
0: And of course, you know, don't
1: sleep, eat or pee the entire 24 hours.
0: Yeah. I love how awkward it is to, to like, to actually add human bodily function to shows. It's like, yeah, we've gone through an entire season where we've seen, uh, which the, the season has spanned magically has spanned, let's say a year. And in that year, he has taken a, in, in, uh, altogether, he's taken a five minute power nap. He's, he's had, uh, one gallon of water and, uh, half a Twix bar. But he's probably
1: drinking like 50 gallons of beer. <laughs> yep. But, if that, but it's like, at least TV shows, you have the other, you know, Hundred hours of the week to do your things, but in twenty four, you you actually see the entire twenty four hours of Jack Bauer.
0: He doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat. He doesn't use the restroom. Does he even blow his nose? Who knows?
1: Like, there's literally no time in those twenty four hours for him to do any of the above.
0: Crazy man, crazy.
1: And he ends up saving the world seven times.
0: In 24 hours, yeah, <laughs> I think that's I definitely realistic. Still. But yes, uh, Archer will be ending uh, after 14 seasons. Now it started back in 2009, and it has been—it's been pretty good. Uh, Are you an Archer fan? I, I could binge Archer, but then I need to take a break. I get that. Uh, but it's all and but the thing is like, I, I was never able to like truly keep up with Archer cause I got to be in the mood. But when I'm in the mood, I'll binge watch like six, seven, eight episodes back to back to, back to back to back to back to back. Um, but in my honest opinion, the greatest Archer episode will always be the Bob's burger crossover. Cause the, uh, the guy who voices, uh, Archer also, um, uh, voices Bob from Bob's Burgers, huh. and so they did a they did a real fun switcheroo where Archer has amnesia and, he, and he's convinced that his name is Bob and he he works at a burger shop. I guess Burgers. that
1: works. Yeah, that's why I do crossover.
0: It's a great crossover. I love crossovers if done right and and they actually make sense
1: does it have to make sense
0: if if it's a comedic kind of sense then then yes but if it's just like completely out of left field like I don't know all of a sudden in 24 uh uh princess Twilight sparkles from Milo ponies comes trotting <laughs> across the screen which I don't think it's actually a Milo Pony name but we're just gonna go with Princess Twilight sparkles um yeah for me You know, that would be just like a beyond bizarre crossover. I mean, you never know. (laughs) Maybe you've just
1: given the writers a brand new idea on
0: what to do. I need to find the crystal of friendship. Jack Bauer, help me. Maybe
1: that'll stop the evil terrorists. we have the crazy anthrax.
0: We'll all sing and hug by the end of it.
1: I want to see Jack Bauer do that now. I want to see him hug a terrorist. Maybe that'll maybe it'll prevent them from being so angry at the world and they can all just be happy again.
0: Hey, 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 hey. hey. Bring it in. Bring it in. Let's just bring it in. Come on. Just Have we talked about Final Fantasy? Is that 16 or 14? 16. 16. I have not XB1 talked about one to 16. Yeah. I have not talked about Final Fantasy 16.
1: Apparently, it's got a lot of hype. That's about all I know about it right now.
0: Don't like almost all Final Fantasies have a hype, and I and and, and jokingly, I want to say this jokingly, before anyone jumps down my freaking throat. Is it part of the hype that this might be it? It might actually be the final fantasy.
1: Jason Bourne is better than
0: Bauer. What? Who? Bauer.
1: Well, uh, I mean, it depends from a purely tactical and fighting perspective, yes, I agree. Like f- from a non-super meta okay. From a non like let's just take the meta humans out, like okay. a you know Captain America and Black yep, Widow. Yep. Yep. Like from a purely you know normal human perspective, yeah am oh, not Jeff Bauer. Um Jason Bourne is definitely at the top of the list as far as you need one person to fuck things up and basically save everything. He's definitely top of my list. And part of what I like about Jason Bourne from a thematic is obviously he can kick your ass. Obviously, he's got the chops, but he's also extremely cerebral. Like everything about him, if you actually watch like even like the style in which he fights and like how he blocks people, invites them and everything he does. It's like he's been trained so cerebrally perfect to also be like as efficient as possible in everything they do. So he's definitely at the top of my list would be Jason Bourne as far as normal people, badasses, who can basically take on any of your fictional characters.
0: There you go. Uh, so Clark says they apparently seem very proud of visuals and combat. Well, I'm sure every single time I've seen a, fa- a Final Fantasy game, I've been blown away by how pretty it looks. Because they've always had, especially with their cinematics, I mean, they are... You know, theatrical quality cinematics, always.
1: All right. So I have a question for you and Clark.
0: Because
1: hmm? Clark brought it up. Yep. Jason Bourne versus John Wick. Who wins?
0: Oh, Jason Bourne versus John Wick. Okay. Side question. Did Jason Bourne do anything to a puppy in the vicinity of John Wick?
1: Fuck. Jason Bourne's a good guy, man. He would not hurt a puppy.
0: Then I'm sure they will work out their differences without fighting. But you you mess with his dog. Uh, Clark says Jason Bourne. I don't know. John Wick takes it to a whole new level. If you if you you know, he's probably like uh um the the night not completely psychotic PETA people. He's probably their greatest champion. It's like, oh, you want to abuse your dog, huh? I'll show you how to. I'll
1: be spokesperson. Move over, Sarah McLaughlin. I got this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I Jason Bourne would. I don't think there's. I can't think of anybody. I want anybody. to see this fight now. I know.
1: I don't know how, but there is. Wait, you just talked about the crossover, crossover with Archer. This seems to be a crossover.
0: <laughs> but why would they fight? That's the thing. Jason Jason
1: Bourne had a pretty bad case of amnesia. Maybe you trick him into thinking that, like, John Wick is a terrorist puppy ate his wife. I don't know. Oh, Jesus.
0: He actually killed his wife for the puppy. Oh, there you go. go. Yeah. Oh, now we're getting. He was
1: actually the Russian hitman who uh, did it. Oh,
0: boy. Oh, boy. Oh,
1: boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: But yeah. Okay, uh, speaking of, uh, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, two TV shows. We talked about Archer. Now let's also talk about the fact that, uh, yes, uh, we reported this like a while ago uh, when it first broke, but you know, the Futurama reboot, reboot, because it was first on uh, Fox, then it was on Comedy Central. Now Hulu's got it, and now we know when it will start. The first episode of the newest Futurama will premiere July 24th, and this is a 10-episode season, and uh, this is what they are telling everybody uh, from Hulu. It says new viewers will be able to pick up the series from here, while longtime fans will recognize payoffs to decades long mysteries, including developments in the epic love story of Fry and Leela, the mysterious contents of Nibbler's litter box, the secret history of evil robot Santa, and the whereabouts of Kiff and Amy's tadpoles. Meanwhile, there is. Sorry, there's a whole. New pandemic in town as the crew explores the future of vaccines, Bitcoin, cancel culture, and streaming TV.
1: And is Charlie excited about this?
0: Yes, I am. Uh, Alex says, okay, the characters are one thing, but would you rather want, but who would you rather want on your team, Matt Damon or Keanu Reeves? I'm going to go with Keanu. Keanu.
1: I think the biggest difference I've seen, though, if you think about the way that they fight, is, like, if it's one-on-one, like, you're fighting, like, the baddest bad on the planet, mm-hmm. you have seen Jason Bourne do that. Like, I yeah. mean, he takes on, like, you know, the craziest badasses, Treadstone people alive. And, you know, they'll be brutal, but you can take them. Where to come down to, like, you have 20 random gangsters trying to get you, that's kind of, like, John Wick's specialty. So it's almost like, are you talking, like, a giant gang fight? Where it's you know, almost like a, I think old school um um Jackie Chan style fight where you have to use everything. That's almost more like John Wick versus Jason and Bourne's more like the one-on-one, just fierce mono-one mono who's the baddest man in the planet fights.
0: But if we're actually talking about uh the actors, uh oh. I would say I, I would say Keanu Reeves simply because I feel like as long as I had his back, he'd always have mine. It's the kind of person he is.
1: Everything I've read about Keanu Reeves it is he's basically the most cool, awesome person to work with. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about Matt Damon.
0: I mean, Matt Damon seems pretty cool, but he's a he's a uh, long running uh, bit for uh, Jimmy Kimmel.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, so no issue. Like, never heard anything about Matt Damon, but you just hear. The greatest things about Keanu. Yeah. And maybe it's a little bit of juxtaposition because Keanu's now known as John Wick. So yeah. it's like, you know, John Wick, the motherfucker. And then, but he's actually the nicest guy alive.
0: True, true. I mean, the, other, I mean, the, 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 I've heard, I'm sure that Matt Damon is a great guy, but the stories I've heard about Keanu Reeves and, and him basically bending over backwards to, to help out, um, individuals that worked on a movie. Uh, you know the the behind the scenes people, basically let giving some of his paycheck away to those people to help him out, or to take a huge pay cut to get a bigger name actor to to jump in like um his movie The Replacements, uh where he was the the um the the football quarterback he they wanted Gene Hackman but Gene Hackman what had a set figure for what he would, he required. And so Keanu Reeves took a huge pay cut to get Gene Hackman on board.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why, yeah, that's, there's the same thing I've always read about Keanu is he's just the man. So, yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, that I would probably take Keanu in a slight edge just from the reputation that you hear about.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure that both of them are chill as fuck. I mean, We've seen I, I'd, I'd grab a beer with any
1: of them happily.
0: Oh yeah. Um just uh with if when you're with uh Matt Damon, don't say anything that goes against any Boston franchises. You may not come out of the bar with them.
1: Wasn't it Matt Damon and Jimmy Kimmel who had like the fake feud that was going on forever?
0: Yes, yes, where Jimmy Kimmel yeah. would be like, Okay, oh, I'm so sorry, we've run out of time. Oh geez, I feel so bad. Sorry, Matt Damon. Yeah. And they even they even like parlayed that into uh uh into like uh late covid stuff where Jimmy Kimmel was doing uh, a sh- a um a broadcast from his basement and you see Matt Damon walk walk <laughs> out of his bedroom and just a, like a bathrobe trying to sneak by him and then there comes Jimmy Kimmel's wife running the other way fine. that's great. They well,
1: like... n- now may or may not be a great time to be a Boston fan in general. So who actually knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. With the way, uh, who knows, with the Celtics.
0: Yeah, and with the way the Bruins went.
1: Well, I just, I just kind of ignored that for the sake of.
0: Yeah, hurt my feelings. That's what it does.
1: It was pretty. Pretty bloody sad. Yes. There's no nicer way to put it. Yes. It's just
0: sad. Okay, let's talk about something happy, damn it. Please, please. Um, for those out there who have watched, um, either, uh, the old school anime or the, uh, Trigun or the new anime Trigun Stampede, or you've watched the movie Trigun Rumble in the Badlands, um this news is for you. Um, Dark Horse Comics has announced that the company will republish the sci-fi western manga in a hardcover deluxe edition for uh, $49.99. Hmm. However, if you pre-order it, it will only cost you 38 dollars uh, and it will be released in December of this year. And also, uh, Trigon Max. Maximum, which is actually the continuation of the original manga, which you can't find anywhere in the states. Uh, there will be a deluxe edition of that released April twenty
1: twenty four. So, as a anime and Trigun fan, are you excited about this
0: news? Yes, I will. Have
1: you already pre- Have you already pre ordered?
0: I was actually going to do it right after the show. <laughs>
1: You are ready for some (laughs) shit. Not going to
0: lie. I was going to do it right after the show.
1: I'm glad you had the patience to wait 15 minutes, sir. I was worried.
0: Now, if if you've ever met me at a convention, I have always said that if there was ever a time where I would go cosplay at an anime convention, I would dress up as Nicholas D. Wolfwood, which is one of the characters from Trigon. So... So yes, uh, I I'm definitely all in on getting the original manga because I want to see what what are the differences between the manga and the anime because with the original Trigun and then the new like redone Trigun Trigun P, there's already big differences um, in some of the how uh, the backstories of these characters.
1: Do you like the changes?
0: I don't know i the one of the biggest changes that 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 basically hits you in the face almost immediately in the first episode is the fact that uh one of the characters um oh my gosh, just, oh, I just I just blanked out on her name. Well we know it's a female, so that's half the battle. Yeah, no now I've gotta hold on. Trigun characters. Millie. Sure. Um Millie Thompson uh is not in uh Trigon Stampede. And, and they, how do you feel about that? She was she uh well she's Nicholas D. Wolfwood's love interest.
1: Oh so, that, that sounds like a pretty important person.
0: Reluctant love interest, I'd say. I, I think mm. it's like no 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 not reluctant. Uh un un um like, unexpected love interest. Like, it just, they, they don't, you you, you just don't see it, and then all of a sudden, you're like, damn it. (laughs) When when something big happens in in the Trigun series, between those two, you're like, (gasps) all about the feels. Fair enough. So, Yeah. Yeah. But I I'm you know, I'm I'm excited. I've I've tried to um the the only problem is manga is so freaking expensive, but if you could get like the attire the original run in uh, an exclusive hardback for that amount of money, that's worth it. Because one
1: thing I've never been able to get into is manga. It's well, just never manga costs more than like a paperback book.
0: And it's well, and it's gotten I mean, like
1: drawings and it's pretty, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I know, but, but if you look, you know, I'm I'm looking at, you know, cost per page here. No, mm. I don't have any of them. I'm excited. F- <laughs> Clark says, I'm excited about pirating the Mario movie.
1: Wait, there's pirates in the Mario movie? When did that happen?
0: Didn't did with Bowser have a pirate ship? At least in he Mario 3. stole 3?
1: the uh, Pearl, the Black Pearl.
0: <laughs> I think that's different. I think it, that's, not, that's not Bowser. That's uh, Jack Sparrow.
1: Exactly that's how you got your pirate into Mario oh boy oh jeez uh
0: I do I I I don't know the validity of these rumors, but um there has been some chatter that has been um, happening uh, allegedly uh, because of the success of the Mario movie that the creators of Zelda might actually want to put their um foot into the ring and maybe we'll finally get a zelda movie
1: instead of another fan remake
0: yeah fan remake that then gets bitch slapped by nintendo going you
1: can't do that please just don't cast freaking pratt as like anyone chris pratt as ganondorf as everyone. He's going to actually fill every role in the movie and just change his makeup and uniform.
0: Chris Pat, uh, Pratt as Ganondorf and starring as Link, Michael Sarah.
1: And he's going to take on the untraditional role of Zelda, even though that's <laughs> not supposed to work that way.
0: Yeah. I, yeah it am could I'm
1: saying you could dress him up.
0: Yeah, uh, well, you could dress up any actor or actress to play. I'm
1: not saying it's a great idea.
0: I tell you what, there are some actresses who who play uh, a very convincing male roles. Um, uh, Marlon wayne did, did it the
1: other way around, huh? Marlon Wayne did it the other way around.
0: Okay, we're not talking about white chicks. <laughs> Jesus. <Jeez. laughs> Oh. Go
1: back top. Go back top. Oh. Uh Robin Williams.
0: Yes, Robin Williams. Uh like I said, Glenn Close played an amazing uh portrayal. Uh so did um Pen- Kate Blanchett.
1: Well, Glenn Close is one of the best actresses of our generation.
0: Oh, obviously. <laughs> well
1: Kate Blanchett's pretty good too though.
0: Yeah. Th- those, uh, you know who, who did uh a good female role? Is um Wesley Snipes, um oh god, I'm trying to remember all the characters. Uh Patrick Swayze, and I can't remember the other person. They they were all drag queens.
1: I, it's I like it uh that.
0: from with love from Woo.
1: I don't think I saw that one.
0: I, I don't I don't know how I ended up seeing it, but <laughs> it's just they were all in they they were all dra- drag stars. Or uh, dra- uh, drag queens.
1: I mean, Patrick Swayze was a pretty boy too.
0: Patrick Swayze. Let's see if I can actually get the the correct name here. But yeah, there's there's plenty of individuals who who um. To Wu Wong Fu, thanks for everything. Julie Newmar is the name of the movie.
1: That is news to me. I don't even recognize it.
0: And, uh, it was in 1995 and it starred, uh, Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze and John, uh, God damn it. John Leguizmo. Oh yeah. So anyways, huh? random facts, random facts. Interesting. Indeed. Indeed. Um, That is all of the stories that I have. Zelius, did you have anything you wanted to add?
1: Just them still pissed about Blizzard fucking up Overwatch. Still just makes me angry because they wanted that damn PvE element of a great game.
0: Yes. Uh, and uh, I just double-checked here. Uh, that ten, That 10 million units sold... For uh, Legend of Zelda: Tears of of the Kingdom was uh, was a f- figure for only three days of release, so that would have been Monday. So it's probably up by now. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's much higher now. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I will, like I said, I'll be, I, I, I want to play the game, but I, I have to finish the Star Wars game. I have to. No, that's fair. I
1: totally get that. Like, especially when you also know it's a bigger game. Like it's kind of one thing if it's a smaller game where you can kind of go back and forth, but that's a lot of investment. Yes. Um, so just kind of get it done. I, t- I totally get that, sir.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, um, I think we'll probably just wrap it up here. Uh, So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zili, it's been a pleasure giving me the camera heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout.
1: Remember, kids, keep on gaming in
0: the free world. Amen to that, brother.